It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. But, you know, still, he's yakless. Oh. He's the yakless wonder. He is. My God. Good job, Zach Ertz, baby. Love it. Ertzy, babe. Ertzy, babe. Whether it's the fighting Phils, the birds, the fly guys, the process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Tonight, from the Great American Pub in Conshohocken, it's the 100th episode. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. God damn it, I love Chase Utley. And John Mita. Terry Williams, do me a favor. For one week, can I not talk about you? All right, it is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Episode number 100. Yeah. So we need a little bit more noise so it sounds good when we play it back on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'll pay you. No, you didn't hear that. Take that out. Nice. We made it, Johnny Made it. Finally, 100th episode. Hard to believe. Yeah. So this was, I think, June of 2014. We sat down in John Mita's attic, and it was like a sweat box. <laughs> the third I mean, floor, the flight deck? It was miserable. 723 Miller We had Street. a screechy chair, like every the squeaky chair. Every time you moved, I was cringing because I knew it was being recorded. So you hate Wicker. Is I what hate it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do well with Wicker. Nah. And, uh, but we put it together because uh, for years, and I'm talking like 15 years, we used to sit around, and John Mita would be like, we got to get on the radio. We've got to get on the radio, man. And I'm like, dude, everybody in Philadelphia is doing what we do, sitting around, half-hammered, talking Philly sports. <laughs> like, any jabronis can do it. And uh, it, was, it was, you know, the Rosemont late-night sports session. D-Bird, Keith Michael, Bill Bradley. Ah, where is Patriot Joe Paul? Prater. No show. Joe Prater. Remember him? Peasy. Oh, Peasy. And they used to all chime in. We would just rant and yell at each other and... And finally, we did it, June 2014. Uh, we are now at episode 100, hard to believe. I don't know you. what we're at clicks-wise, uh, maybe seven total. But uh, without you guys, it never would have happened. We would have never kept doing it, to be quite honest. So usually, I go to the radio station in Des Moines. I let myself in. I go up to the studio, whatever time it is, 10 p.m., 3 p.m. <laughs> I call him up on the phone. He goes out to his car. <laughs> yeah, my for, reception in Drexel Hills, horrendous. Season. And uh, he sits in his car, and we just we get after it. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening, tuning in. Um, again, thank you guys so much. This is like we actually look professional, thanks <laughs> to the Great American Pub. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, but first, we're going to go back into the archives. Woo, this is going to be ugly, people. This is Brace the, yourselves. This is the first ever two minutes of the Brotherly Love podcast, and we were already arguing. We had no intro. We were in the attic. I just played some Roots as a bumper music because they're from Philly. And then uh, we started, you know, pretty much arguing right off the hop. By the way, the audio quality, the, the audio quality is terrible in addition Ladies and gentlemen, that. boys and girls, it is officially launched. The Brotherly Love Podcast. That's right. Call everybody you know. They're going to want to know. Oh, this is going to be a beautiful day. Beautiful day? It's humid as hell outside, my friend. 
Good I'm, day to talk sports. Yeah, always a good day. Hey, it's always a good day to talk sports, my friend. Always a good day. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here. This is the inaugural Brotherly Love Podcast. And of course, we had to kick it off with the Roots, Philly's finest. The legendary Roots crew. Props to them. Big fan of the Roots. However, they're getting too bandish. Too bandish for me. You're not feeling it, huh? Too many instrumentation. Back in the day, years ago, when we were youngsters, they, I don't know, the sound was a little better than that, but I think they got a little little too crazy. Got a little ahead of themselves and going on Jimmy Fallon and everything else. And Dude, they're awesome on Fallon. Come on. Yeah, you're big Jimmy Fallon guy. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I'm I did. Jimmy I got Fallon. very defensive. I got very uh, defensive. Obviously, obviously. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, they still represent Philly. You big know time. what I mean? Big time. They grew up in Philly. They have their roots, no pun intended, in Philly. And they are the roots, after all, the legendary roots crew. So, exactly right. You know, I had to start with something Philly on the first ever Brotherly Love podcast. We are two brothers from another mother, essentially. <laughs> We've been talking about this for years, and I literally mean years. Years in the making. Late night hangouts, phone calls, you name it. Talking about jumping on the air. Trips to New Orleans. Trips Houston. to New Orleans, <laughs> Houston. Road games to watch our Philly sports teams. And we said, we got to do this. And here it is, June 13th, 2014. Mark it down, a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> All right, so that was it. Those were the first terrible two minutes of the Brotherly Love podcast. Hopefully we go nowhere uh, but up from here. All right, the birds are 13-2, and two, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. Now, it was not pretty last night, Woo. but the number one seat is locked up. Now, we were talking on the ride over. John Mita does not remember much of last night's game, <laughs> but that's okay. But I can read stats from websites. <laughs> yeah, they good. were not pretty. Um, I don't remember much either, but uh, we made it. And 13-2, and two, first place in the NFC, has been locked up. So let's talk about the ugly W that was 19-10 to 10 over the uh, very hapless Oakland Raiders. Thank God Oakland was the opponent last night because – they stunk worse than the Eagles, and uh, now you got the number one seed. It's nice for me, though, you know, you got to win those types of games. That, that's what I'm all about, finding a way to get it done. I, previous Eagles teams would not have won last night's game. They would have ruined the holiday, plain and simple. So to get the win last night, defense makes some plays uh, in the second half. Obviously, Oakland couldn't get anything done. The turnovers, the forced fumbles, the interceptions, um, you know, no huge plays from – some of Oakland's skill guys to beat you. And they get it done, man. And, and you know, Zach Ertz with nine catches is kind of the safety blanket. Nick Foles looked terrible. I get it. But they, they got to win. And they saved Christmas. And now the playoffs go through Philadelphia. Well, you know, the old cliche saying there's no place like home. So we will be home for the upcoming weeks. And it just you just wish the football team last night played with a lot more urgency. You know, everything was on the line for them last night. And it feels like this team just continues to play down to their competition. It's like a tale of two different football teams. The week before against the Giants, I was at the game. Nick Foles, what happens? He bails the defense out. Yep. Look at last night. What happens? The defense essentially bails him out. Yeah. Well, that's So the, when that, are we going to get the complete football team? But again, the, Where we're uh, rolling on both well, sides of the ball. And yeah. that's, that's the worrisome part here. You do not know what you're going to get with this football team moving forward. So I, I just But think I look at it the opposite way. Like I'd rather have a team that has this ability to win than previous teams where if one phase wasn't working, you were screwed. That's not the case with this team. I think they can win in January and we're gonna get there in a minute. 
with the way they are right now. I mean, that's, that, that's what you have to believe. There are no other options. Well, the Carson Wentz isn't coming through that door. So nah, you nah. got no choice, and, and they're getting it done different ways. It was a, I think last night was a really tough game for the players. As a fan, it was a tough game to get into, right? It was freezing-ass cold outside. They get off to a terrible start. They missed the field goal at the end of the half. And every single, like, series was like, all right, the crowd had to get the team into it. Imagine how it felt being out there. It's a holiday. It's Monday Night Football. I get it. But the Raiders stink. They're playing for nothing. The Eagles have, obviously, a lot to play for, but it's not like their season was at stake. You have to leave your family and friends at home to go play this game, and it's balls-ass cold out. Yeah. That, to me, like, that's a hard game to get into, especially when you're Nick Foles and not Carson Wentz, who's used to North Dakota freezing cold. He thrives in those games. Nick Foles hates those games. He's brittle. He's a statue. So I, I'm going to give a little pass to the players because it's a holiday, because it's you know, different circumstances. I know they were home. I know they had a chance to lock up home field. But I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because of the circumstances, just because I feel like it was a tough game to get up for. Well, like I said before, they, they continue to play down to their competition. The one thing that really gets me is the fact that I think the coaching staff really needs to, in these next couple of weeks, now that essentially what they're going to do from here on when they play the Cowboys, we don't know who they're going to sit. We don't know who they're going to start. But I think they need to change some things. And they need to change some things to help their quarterback. If we do not continue to run the ball on first town, we are going to get buried. We're going to get buried. Like, they just don't. There's just certain things about this football team. Now, the good thing is they're 13-2. Nobody in this room, I can guarantee no. you, predicted that the Eagles would be 13-2. I would have signed up in a heartbeat. And I was one that's saying, I'm like, listen, if everything, Harry raised his hand. There's no oh, way, please, Harry, Harry that on. you had that. There's just no way. But, listen, if there's 13-2, think about it. And this is a very special football team. But in order for this team to be successful, a couple things need to happen. Number one, the defense has to play lights out. And when I mean lights out, lights out was kind of like last night. But if you look at how much pressure they got, they only have one sack in the football game. Yeah. That's not going to be good enough. Every game moving forward, they need at least four to six sacks a game. Yeah, well, because you're going to face elite quarterbacks. Exactly. It's either going to be Newton, Breeze, uh, well, I guess not Case Keenum. He stinks. But, you know, you're going to be facing Matt Ryan. Like, you're going to play some quarterbacks that aren't going to be phased unless you're getting a lot of pressure. And the other thing is this, I think just, it, it blows my mind. You have a great stable of running backs. Why not run the football? But the other thing that bothers me is they never try to push the ball downfield. They never take the deep shot. Do you know how many pass interferences are called? In every game across the league, well, they got a bunch of the 30, 40 yeah. yards. It's like automatic. Yeah. So why don't we do it? I know we're trying to be all careful and we don't want to put, you know, the players in a bad position, but we still need to remain aggressive. Well, especially and in the second the, half when they had less than 200 yards offense. Like you got to take a shot at some point. Yeah. You were screaming that for the Stop entire being game. So conservative. Now and, let me. You mentioned something to me last night, and we were on the drive over, and we heard Sal Palantonio mention as well, and it's pace and tempo. Why? Why? Why do the Eagles need to play with more tempo? There's no doubt about it. I was at the Giants game with my buddy, Mike Hamilton, who's in the crowd. Michael and, and we, It's something that I actually talked about. I said, look at where he, Nick Foles was successful. Now, listen, we don't need to go back to the Chip Kelly era where you're just firing all cylinders and getting a playoff every seven seconds. But the good thing with up-tempo does, it takes a crowd out of it, 
You can get people into the positions where they need to be. And for Nick Foles, he had his best season under Chip Kelly. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Because he just thrived in that type of tempo. He got some rhythm. There's just never any rhythm. And that's the problem. And people are talking about who you're going to sit, who you're going to start next week. I got to be honest with you, Joe. And I know we're going to get to this question later or maybe right now. But yeah, let's do it. Let, let's get to this question. Honest to God, I really think the starters need to play a half next week. Because if they don't play a half next week, that means they'll have off next week. They'll have the bye week off. And then they'll have one more week to prepare for their opponent. That's three weeks without live football action. Yeah. Every time a team goes through that, how many times do they just come out so flat? You're like, my God. Or teams that are coming off a bye week, we're like, man, they look flat. They look like they've been on the bye. Now, other teams come out firing because they're well-rested. But I also think he just, Nick Foles needs to build some more chemistry with these wide receivers. Yeah. Think about Carson Wentz, right? He had new wide receivers. He had Torrey Smith. You know, Nelson Aguilar came on huge this year. But he didn't really get in a rhythm. Alshon Wait, Jeffrey. That's the whole preseason. He didn't really get, exactly. Yeah. He didn't really get into a rhythm with these wide receivers until about week five. So how long do you think it's going to take Nick Foles to get in a rhythm with these guys? So he played two full games, and then you're going to sit him the following week? I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I, what do I you think know. they should I do? I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking just bubble wrap them, to be honest. I mean, they can't play any worse than they did offensively. Well, that's true. You know, I mean, do you try and build confidence? Do you need do two series out there on Sunday against the hapless Cowboys? Does that build confidence? I don't know. I mean, to be quite honest, I, whatever they do, You're they better make sure they're doing Nate it right. You're looking forward to getting Nate Sudfeld some reps. You want to get no, Nate Sudfeld reps. Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> Sedfeld, whatever the hell his name is. The bottom line is you, you put yourself in the position. You have home field. This is, this is what you strive for. They talk about the goals, win the NFC clinch the number one seat. They've done these things. So now you, you have to go out, you have to win two football games, and then you get another whole week to get ready for the biggest game of your life. And Nick Foles looked terrible last night. He looked jittery. He wasn't stepping into his throws. He looked uncomfortable. Just 163 passing yards. He seemed to have time to throw the ball, at least from you know, the club level with one eye open. So they just never got in sync. I mean, can you get in sync against Dallas for two quarters on Sunday? I mean, is that, is that the decision they make? This is why they pay Doug Peterson and the rest of the staff all that money to figure it out, right? I mean, whatever decision they make, it lies on the coaching staff. If they change to more of an up-tempo, it's on the coaching staff. If they get this thing figured out, it's on the coaching staff. Sal Powell was talking about that on the Fanatic on our way over, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, this, is, this isn't on the players. It's on the players to execute, but the coaching staff always preaches putting them in better situations. They have time now. You have until the divisional round, second week in January. You've got to figure it out because they've been given a golden opportunity. I know Wentz is hurt, but you still have two home playoff games. If you can piece it together, if you can play even six decent quarters, they have a chance to be playing in February. I and from there, that. I mean, it's a football game. It's 60 minutes. You need to make one or two big plays. That's it. Last night, they couldn't make a big play on offense. They finally had to just, you know, rely on the defense to turn the football over, which is, again, why I like this team. They find ways to get it done. Special teams holds their own. Defense makes a play. Offense was struggling. Defense makes a play. You talk about the Giants game. Defense stunk. Offense kept scoring points. And, and that's the way they're going to have to do this thing. They really are. All right, so bottom line, start or sit next week. What do you think? They got to play a half football for me. I'm sorry. You, you can't go three weeks and not have any live action. And why should we let the Cowboys come in our house and win a game? Amen. I think it's important that we win that game, too, to remain 8-0 at home at home this year. 
Wow. You got to protect the house and sweep the division. And sweep the division. Amen. Cowboys and we hate suck. the Cowboys. Um, I'll say this: if Nick Foles plays on Sunday against the Cowboys, you are going to see a lot of passes. I mean, I don't even think they're going to run the ball because they're going to try and get him a rhythm. It's going to be Foles dropping back. They're going to sling it all over the yard. They're going to try and get some chemistry and then get him the hell out of the game, I guess. All right, playoff scenario. All right, Johnny Mita, let's break this down. Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Panthers go to the Saints, the Falcons go to the Rams, the Eagles play the team with the essentially worst record that emerges. All right, if all this holds true, who's coming to Philly in the divisional round? You got Panthers at the Saints, Falcons at the Rams. Who's coming to Philly? Hmm. I think the Saints. You think the Saints? Yeah. The Saints come marching in? I think so. I think the Atlanta Falcons are coming in. Really? I think the Atlanta Falcons go to Los Angeles. They upset the Rams. You know, they got heartbroken in the Super Bowl last year. All they need is three good quarters from that offense with Matt Ryan and their ability to score points. That we saw firsthand, the Rams' defense is not all it's cracked up. No, I mean, it's the not Eagles, terrible either. They the Eagles made, lit they, them up in L.A. True, but they made Russell Wilson look awful pedestrian the week before. Well, they sacked him six times, and we couldn't even get, what, one sack on I'm just telling you, I think the Falcons go in there, and they beat the Rams. I think the Falcons are coming to Philly. That's my prediction. Listen, if we could face them in the first round, amen, brother. Yeah. Because that is, I think, one of the weakest teams. Just because the Saints, they run the ball so effectively with their two running backs, and, of course, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback that just threw for 70,000 yards. So. The Saints are going to beat the Panthers. They're going to go to Minnesota. The Case Keenum train is going to stop, come to a screeching halt there. <laughs> Eagles play the Falcons, and I see the Saints coming in the NFC Championship game Ooh. to Philadelphia. That's my prediction. We'll have podcasts before then, but my initial feeling, if it all holds true, is that the Saints beat the Panthers. So Nicky Foles gets his revenge against the Saints? I didn't go that far yet. All right, I didn't go that right, far right, yet. Right. Darren Sproles comes off the sideline in a cast and <laughs> returns a punt to the house. Um, so that's my, that's my take. Initially, like Eagles, Falcons, Saints go to Minnesota. Saints prevail. Eagles prevail. You got a New Orleans, Philadelphia in Philly for right to go to the Super Bowl. That's next year's road trip, isn't it, Joe? It Back is. Back to New Orleans? Yeah, it was not good when we went a couple years ago. You almost died on a chicken nugget, and the Eagles got blown out. <laughs> That's not a lie. I had to pull over the vehicle on the way back to Houston because John Meade had a chicken, a McNugget oh, lodged in his esophagus. There we go. That's true. But, <laughs> all right. There's nothing I can say. What am I going to say? No, it was, it was good times, I thought. I mean, once I knew you weren't dying, of course. <laughs> there, was a, there was a few hairy moments in there. Um, all right, let's take a quick break here on the uh, Brotherly Love podcast. And uh, when we return... We'll uh, jump into the other sports teams. We've got a little Phillies and Flyers talk. We've got some Sixers mixed in. Trust the process. And uh, we'll have on the fly one of our original segments. So appreciate everybody here at the Great American Pub tonight. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll have me to do a few more car bombs, and then uh, we'll keep it going on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. Number 100.
All righty then. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, appreciate all the love and support here in person for uh, the biggest crowd we've ever worked in front of. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Ah, A couple libations. Yeah. Uber is going to be a sponsor of this show pretty soon. Uber Uber and Bud Light. So we we got – no, come on, enough with that. Well, Nobody likes that. Well, if there was a Bud Light sponsor here, they would have loved it. We got – sorry, Babs. We got uh, we got Mad Dog 2020 as a sponsor apparently for the bus ride last yes, night. Yes. MD 2020 Orange Jubilee making proms unforgettable. Mad Dog 2020. By the way, uh, my lovely wife Caroline Merlo is still waiting for a prom photo with you from 1997. Yes, was it? Yes, it was 97. And I'm explain still to our to take since, that photo. since I've been blowing you up about uh, McNuggets in the esophagus. Can you share with our fans out there? Uh, on why you guys never got your prom photo together. Well, let's just say this. I was focused on the after party of the prom. It was taking place at my house. I didn't have enough time to get some food in my stomach. Danny, who's in the crowd tonight, had to, you know, throw it out there that I couldn't drink this certain amount of Mad Dog, and one thing led to another, and we never made our picture, did we, Kara? But it's all right, though. She handled it like a complete sport. I also want to thank my mother, who is not here tonight, they made me send flowers to Kara's house. Wow, that's classy. And apologize classy. for me not. Classy. That's way classier than I've ever done. Well, you know. Um, and then the line was? Well, uh, that's, that's an even better story. <laughs> so just because of my actions, this is I Carol. happened to Carol, get. Right? No, Ratner. Ratner, Carol. Oh, okay. oh, don't get me confused with those people, please. Um, no, this. Um, so it was so, your prom? Yes, it was my senior prom. And. Uh, and you brought a good sus- drinking partner. I had to get suspended for a couple days out of school, which was fine. Okay, but then, so I had this business teacher. His name was Joe Scolds. And he goes, John Mita, best line of the prom, Dr. Patterson, the food is terrible here. So <laughs> I didn't have one bite of food at the prom. We didn't even take a picture. But apparently, I let everyone know that the food was poison at the Ritz. Or no, we were at the Ritten House. I'm sorry. So that's kind of how that went down. Uh. It's a classic story, <laughs> one that I can share with my future children to let them know don't do what dad did. I love it. I love it. We just went off the rails there. I threw you under the bus again. But eh, uh, sorry, it happens. So the good thing about being here getting live feedback, uh, we do have people email us from time to time. Brotherly love podcast at yahoo.com. Shows you how old school I am. I have a Yahoo Ooh, account Yahoo. for the uh, – <laughs> Uh, it's a dial-up account. That's right uh, there with my Hotmail account that Keith created 20 yeah. years ago. Uh, well, you're not very social. College. You're not no. very tech-savvy. No, I'm not, uh, clearly. You did buy a nice headphone amplifier well, today for know. no reason. You it's an spent investment, dollars for the future. You like three times that. Um, but uh, we, got a, we got a little feedback from the crowd here. Ah, Yeah, I, nice. that's what I did. You were doing more car bombs. I, <laughs> I talked to the people. The supporters. That's good. And uh, they want to talk. They want us to m- at least mention that the Villanova Wildcats are number one in the nation. Oh, did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? How could I not know that? That's my college so squad. Last night we were talking, and I asked you if they were for real. Or it might have been earlier today. Yeah. Are they for real? Ah, uh, they're big time for real. You know, one of the reasons why they're for real is because they have great leadership. At the point guard position, Jalen Brunson, probably the best point guard in the nation. Props him for coming back. You know, they have a great coach. That always helps. And the other thing is, 
they, they have some great pieces that have the experience, okay? So when it gets down to March, you need players that have been in those types of battles. Yep. The biggest thing for this team forward, you know, the absence of Phil Booth last year not being able to play due to that knee injury that kind of lingered the entire year, and that's what I guess he only played about seven games. Yeah. He's come back. And Dick Vitale made a reference to it when the Villanova Wildcats were playing the Bahamas. Oh, right now, what you see with Mr. Phil Booth here right now, okay, he's not the same player. But I'm telling <laughs> you right now, in a couple months when Mr. Booth is right, this team is going to be a contender. But seriously, um, I, I just How about, they, hey, Dickie V impersonation oh, right love, there. Oh, Dickie V. Can you go into the Charles Barkley uh, for us real uh, quick? Uh, you know, here's the one I'm going to talk about, Dickie V. So Dickie V is like, when all the Rick Pitino stuff that broke out, and I'm sure people are aware of, you know, believe it or not, they were recruiting players with money. I know it's shocking. It's never happened before <laughs> in college basketball ever. He's like, what a disgrace. Uh, Rick Pitino, I can't believe they're recruiting players with money. Everybody, like, seriously, Dick, seriously, you've been around the game so <laughs> yeah, long. Three decades. Like, why do you think Kentucky gets five McDonald's All-Americans Every single year? Is it because they have a great academic program, <laughs> Dick? Is that what it is? Like, their graduation rate is so high? Is that what it is? Like, come on, Dick, give me a break. I know, I know, you're, you're upset about the corruption of college basketball. I can't believe it. Uh, please. But anyway, but where were we? I don't I'm know. Sorry. sorry. I asked you for a Charles Barkley impersonation. Oh, Charles. Can I, can I, can I let me tell you something? Can I love it. Shaquille O'Neal is the worst dresser in NBA history. Shaquille. <laughs> so Nova. Nova. April. April. No, they got a good shot. I mean, if you're going to ask me today, you're going to here's, – here's the problem, Mike. Who's going to win the national title, right? Just like the NFL championship, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Do you know? Yeah. Who? The Philadelphia Eagles. All right, over all right. All right, all right. I told you go. two podcasts ago, this will be the greatest story ever written in Philadelphia sports history. That it would be. Could I you mean, imagine? Could you imagine? Yeah, I can imagine. They I, are three you know games what? from it. They're you know, going to get it done. They will find a way to get it done. I have faith you know what in I'm the imagine? Church of Foles. The Church of Foles. Can you imagine the parade there? Could you imagine? Yeah. How many people would show up? Yeah, I missed the 08 the parade. Largest, it would be the largest sports parade ever in history. Book it. In all sports, ever. Book it. And you know what? Free beer. Because we... Free beer. As a city... Did you hear about free beer? Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Called out. Said if we win the Super Bowl. Who was it? Bud Light or Miller Light? One of them. Maybe yeah. Bud Light, our Mad new dog? future sponsor. Hopefully Unlimited it's Bud Light. Mad Dog 2020. No, they will pay for the beer for the parade no, if the Eagles win. He says that That's now. That's what they said. No, that no. That is a Bud tap Light, he can't handle. No, Bud Light came out and said they would hoist the bill. I swear. Look it up. I love it. All right. But uh, they're getting it done. We'll get there in a minute. All right, let's all right. jump to the Philadelphia Phillies because we want to talk. We're going to go four for four. We're going to talk about them all. Carlos Santana. Carlos. Not the Hall of Fame guitarist, ah. but the new first baseman. Yeah. Gets a big contract. Six weeks, you get pitchers and catchers reporting. You've got it now, a first baseman. So Reese Hoskins is going to move to left field. So I guess it's good they experimented with him there yeah. uh, at the end of last year just as he was coming up. But the outfield as it stands now, there's four guys. And last time I checked, you only play three. This isn't softball, D-Bird. So what do you do? You know, you've got Hoskins in left. He's not playing center. No. He's Nick Williams is your right fielder. And to me, Aaron Altair is your center fielder. And Doobie, got to go, son. Doobie, Take a hike. Doobie's got to, wow. 
I he's mean, the most frustrating of the group because he has all the talent, all the upside, but the fundamentals aren't there. The focus isn't there at times. He, he plays with too much flair. Ship him the hell out of town, and you've got your outfielders. You've got to get something for him. You've got to find a team that thinks that Doobie Herrera can be a piece for their future. You've got to like, maybe just pack it, send a DVD or something with uh, some highlights <laughs> where he's actually hitting the ball. A Herrera bat flips, those are the highlights we're going to send? And get him out of town. <laughs> yeah. Get a starting pitcher. That, can Doobie totally Herrera you land you a, a, a number three? I don't know if that's insanity talk or what, but to me, Hoskins in left, Altair in center, Williams in right. You bring in a veteran guy, like one of those utility guys that can play all three outfield positions for depth, and that's what you roll with. And you send Doobie to whatever team, hopefully outside the National League East, is looking for some type of Latin influence, cocky-ass player that'll hit 30 dingers and then piss you off half the time. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Odubel Herrera. Odubel Herrera He's in a nutshell. Yeah. No, he is manning. So who I goes? Agree with you. Go with the youth mood? No, I agree with you. You're not going to ship Nick Williams? No. Nope. Altair is proven. The only thing that worries me about Altair is, you know, since he's come up in the big leagues, he does, you know, have a bit of injury history. You know, he can't stay on the field. So that is kind of worrisome. But Edubal Herrera makes it crazy. But you're right. This team needs pitching. And it's not bullpen pitching. It's starting pitching. Yeah. And we need it badly. Are you, you tell me, who are your three best pitchers on this team? Aaron Nola and Aaron Nola. And Aranola. Exactly. I mean, they, they stink after that. I know. So, it's brutal. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we are in agreement here that yeah. you cannot, opening day, these four guys are not on the roster. I right? agree with that. I agree with that. Somebody's got to go. And I think, you know, the thing that kind of stinks What if the we Phils, bring Mike Trout to town? Oh, I didn't want to throw can that Can he play answer. quarterback? Uh, he can play whatever he wants in this town. Are you kidding me? Mike uh, Trout? So the Phillies will sort it out. My, you know, my money is Herrera is not – here in April, but I guess we'll see. Again, six weeks till pitchers and catchers. That's our token Phillies report. Uh, fly guys and Sixers. You we're mean we're not going to talk about Gabe Kapler and his tanning experience? Dude, well, all, all right, right, let's just, right, we'll for just a minute, this one. guy's okay. a weirdo. Uh, yeah, he's a little different. The leather no jackets, kind of, yeah. the, like, what, what is this guy's deal? Nah, the modeling know. shoots. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, the women are going to love him. They're going to love to look at him. He's much better looking than Charlie Manuel. There's yeah. no doubt about Times that. Times 700? No doubt. Old Chuck. Um, we're going to lump the Flyers and Sixers together, all right? And here, here's the question. We'll pose it to you here at the Great American Pub as well. Based on expectations, right? They obviously two organizations with different expectations. Based on expectations, John Mita, who has had a better season? The Flyers have a record of 15, 13, and 8, all right? That's a lot of overtime shootout losses, but we're used to that. 38 points. They're four points out of a playoff spot. The Sixers are 15 and 18. They're 10 seed. They're two games out of a playoff spot. So both teams, you know, basically hovering 500. Both teams right on the bubble. Both teams had different expectations. Based on expectations, who's had a better season at this point? This is the first time in my life, and I can honestly say I have no clue. I mean, both teams have struggled mightily. Yep. You know, Flyers went through a round where they, what, lost 10 straight games? Yeah, five losses, five overtime shootout losses. And the Sixers right now, they've lost, what, like six Until games yesterday. in a row? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's a total toss-up. Um, I expect the Philadelphia 76ers to make the playoffs. Now, did you expect the Philadelphia Flyers to make the playoffs? Well, here, here, here's where I come out on this. I'm going to take the Sixers to answer the question because, honestly, even though they have – higher expectations, the whole trust the process thing. They were so bad the last few years to, to just see a glimpse of what they can be. 
and that this whole thing is going to come to fruition at some point, like any type of sustained winning by them this year, I don't know, their five, six-game win streak, that to me, just getting that glimpse of potential is good enough. Where the Flyers, they're in a, they're in a rebuild as well. It's just not as advertised, right? There is no trust the process with the Flyers. It's like, does Hextall have a clue what the hell's going on? Like, that's, that's their rebuild right now. But they have a good farm system. They ended up with Nolan Patrick in the draft, which was obviously a surprise. So they're in different spots. They had different expectations going in. But I think you have to say the Sixers have had the better year just because you, you, you're seeing at least a small sample size of here is the potential, right? Here is what they can be. And we haven't even seen Markel Fultz yet, who obviously completes this whole thing, you would hope. Um, who knows what the hell's going on with him? But, you know, he gets back in the lineup. Now you see all this young talent you're hoping to have for the next decade. And to me, that, you know, that tells you that the Sixers at least have had the better season at this point. Again, they're both teams we hope were kind of playoff teams right around that last spot. I mean, I think that's reality for both of them. But I, I, I got to go with the Sixers just because for at some points this year, you've been like, man, Embiid is legit. Simmons is legit. Fultz is the unknown. But you have with J.J. Redick, you have a nice roster here. They're maddening at times, but they have the potential to be great down the line. There's, they definitely have the potential to be great down the line. But this team, the Sixers are so frustrating at times. Like, I don't understand. Ben Simmons set out an entire year, an entire year of basketball, and still can't shoot a free throw, which is one of the easiest shots that everyone has ever learned in their life. There's no one around you. You sit from 12 to 15 feet and bury it. And this guy can't shoot free throws. And I'm thinking to myself, you had an entire year <laughs> yeah. to work on your jump shot, and you have nothing. Now, let's face it. At LSU, he never had a jump shot from the start. I get that. But the one thing with him is you can't be afraid to shoot the basketball, right? You have to fail in order to succeed. And he's not doing that right now. The entire team is so frustrating. If they don't have Joel Embiid, okay, this team just, uh, everybody just like, they just weld up. And J.J. Redick, let's talk about Mr. $20 million J.J. Redick, all right? You know, you pay him to knock down three-pointers. This guy's on the move. He's flying left. He's flying right. I mean, he is all over the place. And it's, my God, J.J., just stay still, square up, and shoot the basketball. I mean, he is a – and then Mir Johnson. Can we talk a little Mir Johnson right now? That's okay? fine. I don't even know he who the hell he is. He should be in the NBDL or left out. He's been so That's terrible. G League, bro. G League. Whatever, the H League, the G League, the, the F League. League. Forget him is what we need to do. He needs to be cut. If he shoots another three-pointer, <laughs> so help me God, I'm driving down to the Wells Fargo Center, and I'm going to jump on the court and kidnap him because I'm going to kidnap him and just send him away. And it's just there's a lot of talent. And let's, let's just talk about, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, the Sixers medical staff. Okay, can we talk about the Sixers medical staff? They are the worst in the league. <laughs> I think they hired some from somebody from the, the Simpsons. No, they hired somebody from Barcelona, the most one of the most <laughs> world renowned soccer teams. It's a, a new team doctor. And what they did with Markel Fultz is an absolute crime. If this guy has a torn up shoulder, how are you putting him on the floor? People are like, then it comes out, the coach says, well, I don't know, he's suffering from some anxiety. He's got a little anxiety. Like, what? First of all, why would you even say that publicly? Yeah. Horrendous. All right? But what I'm saying is it's just this team has the parts, 
But the medical staff, they've handled so many injuries so bad. Like, I watched this kid play in college. He never shot free throws. Like, like I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And it's just, he looks it's lost, a, or he, he did. But people need to give him a break, all right? He's going to turn out – he's going to be a player. I don't care what anyone said. You can, you can mark this down from this podcast. And 20 years from now, we're going to be loving Markel Folks. We just need some time. But the last thing with the Sixers, and I'm sorry I'm just ranting on this basketball That's team. That's all right. Okay, Brett Brown, okay? A lot of people give Brett Brown passes because – He's played with some terrible talent. There is no question about it. If you looked on the roster the last three years of Sixers, it is yeah, a that melee. Guy, that guy deserves okay. an award. But if you look at the last in-game situations, the last two to three minutes, he has suffered. Like the other night, I forget the team. I'd probably bet on the game. It was probably Oklahoma City. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're down a couple points, and they got to draw something up, and they, uh, you know, drop a three-pointer for Reshawn Holmes at 6'10". Boy, that was a great inbounds play, Brett. Great. Listen, well done. hang on a second. You like, and your gambling and your fantasy football, it's clouding your judgment, dude. No, no. Is it clouding my judgment that the guy can't set up a good inbounds play to last get a great night, shot at the end of the game, Joe? Is that really clouding my judgment? Last night, you were ruining my football experience by telling me who you <sighs> need to score for the Eagles in fantasy football. I, John Mita, we're, I don't give an F about your fantasy football team I'm sorry, when the Eagles I just are – They listen. can't move the football, and you're like, wow, I'd like to see Alshon Jeffrey here. I'd like to see anybody do anything. Well, listen, it's How about a first like down? Joe, can you really – can you really feel – are you really going to come at me because I'm going to free trip to Punta Cana, okay, where I don't have to pay for a destination <laughs> wedding out of my pocket when I could just take my fantasy weddings and be like, eh, I didn't pay for that trip. I'm sorry, I mean, Sean. Come on, Joe, my I'm God. sorry. If you had phrased it like that last night, it would have been different. All right, all right. I all right. Just being Listen, I, all I care about is we won the damn game. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I don't know. Last night you were a bit on the fence with that. You were scaring me. <sighs> Your all fantasy right. fandom had you all twisted. All right, Joe. Enough. So by the time we get to our 200th episode, here we go. Penning, we're still alive. This is the question right? of all questions. It's coming. It's been about three years to get to 100, just over. So let's say three more years we get to 200. Penning, we're not dead. Penning, SoundCloud exists. Penning, this piece of garbage mixer still works. Penning, anybody likes us. Listen, all those things factored in. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Let's just say three years. Okay. How many titles does the city of Philadelphia have? Ooh. Great question. Well, first of all, anybody Car- out there? Carson Wentz will win us the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. What's okay? going to happen? Well, Nick Foles is so going to win you one in February. Nick Foles is going to win you one in February. Here's the other fact. Here's the other fact that people don't think. Guess who's coming to town next year? LeBron? LeBron. He's coming to town. Bron Bron. LeBron James. There's not a signs. shot in hell. How do you know that? How do you know that? Why not stay in the East? Why would you go to the West? Why would you go to the loaded ass West? What about when the Knicks? You can own the East. Who? The Knicks. The Knicks, who, go play with the white unicorn? When you can play with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid? What I'm would not you saying pick? I wouldn't. I, now, there's hey, all this chatter that LeBron's going to go to Houston, and I get that. He's got his best BFFs down there, Chris Paul, James Harden with that terrible beard. I, I get that. But when you look at it, okay, who has the same agent as LeBron James? Ben Simmons? Yes, he does. They okay. are boys. So if they lock up, could you imagine if LeBron James comes to this team next no. year? No. Because there's not enough basketballs to go around. How do you think JoJo's going to handle that? Well, let's put it this way, okay? What does Ben Simmons need? This is need? their process. Ben, you know what Ben Simmons needs? He needs somebody else to shoot the damn ball but Ben Simmons, and that's LeBron James. So that's what I think is going to happen. All right, so Sixers get one in the next 
Three yep. years, roughly? Th three years. Okay, Sixers, so you have the city at two titles? Two titles. Sixers and Eagles. Book it. Mark it. Bank it. Whatever. Did you steal my notes? No, I didn't steal your notes. Well, I have us at two as well. The Eagles ah. win it all this year. Nikki six. I can't guarantee that Wentz will do it in the next three years. I think he will. But two Super Bowls seems a little greedy. So I'll stick with February. They get right. it done. And I got the Sixers winning it all in 2019-2020. Put on somebody's tombstone. All four teams will make the playoffs at least once in that span. I love it. That means the Fly Guys got to get it together. And obviously the fight fills with your boy Gabe Kapler and his leather vest and his thong, whatever else he's rocking in these shoots. He's got to get it together. What, is, is there a question from the audience What do you here? got, Harry Ball? Harry's just getting into it right now. When How many? It? In the last three years, we've had Nova Nation. Does that count? Yeah. Nova Nation counts. Th thank you for your contribution, Harry. Thank you. <laughs> Harry wants to come on and talk about Nelson Aguilar for 20 to 30 minutes. Hey, I love some Nellie. We he made loves a bet. him. Hey, we made a bet last year. I had to send you a case of beer. But yeah, yeah, well, I think I bet Harry this year that Aguilar would be a bust and probably be out of football. So I owe him some money or something for that, too. All right. All right. Uh, you want to do shout-outs or on the fly and wrap this thing up? All right. Do, uh, let's do on the fly first, and then we'll go shout-outs right. just that close just it out. At, you just looked at my question. No, I didn't look at right. your question. All on the fly. This was our first ever, if you want to call. Too many carbons. I can't say it. If you want to call this a segment, you know, we tried to have a little bit of shtick when we got started. So on uh. the fly is I ask him something. He doesn't know what's going down. He asks me something. I don't know what that question's going to be, although Mita just read mine. All right, on the fly, which I believe John Mita, usually sitting in his car, makes up on the spot. You can tell. <laughs> He's just left Roche O'Brien's. And uh, he makes it up on the drive. All right. The next Philadelphia coach to get the axe and get Ooh. fired is who? Wow, that's great. Dave Haxall. There's no doubt about it. Dave Haxall. Not even close? Yeah, I think it's. Even you know, though the GM is clearly in his corner. GM is clearly in his corner. And I, I think Brett Brown, he's going to have some leeway, even though, you know, he's kind of a little bit on the hot seat. But, it, I mean, just because, like, Brett Brown just hasn't had the talent for the last couple of years. So, you need to give Brett Brown either one or three years to see what he can do, and then he could be that coach that ends up leaving and then next side comes in, kind of like Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Yeah. You know, Mark Jackson leaves, bam, Steve Kerr comes in, championship. So, but, you know, I, I think – but with Dave Haxall, I just think – I think the transition from the college game to the pro game, I think that's had a huge effect. You know, I know so many college coaches go to the pro level and they struggle – and then there's the or they have success and they don't sustain it. Well, that's AKA true, too. A.K.A. Chip Kelly. A.K.A., for sure. Um, Who got right. hired for five years. I, let me just follow up with this. Poopy Peterson, my boy. What's uh, his leash? Oh, are you kidding me? He's got a big leash right now. 12 and 13 and 2. How big is that leash? That leash Carson is the size Wentz of this comes back right healthy now. next year, plays two healthy seasons, yeah. and they don't reach the championship game. Then he would be axed. Okay. So but it's not that big of a leash. It's a couple of years. That's a big leash these okay. days. I guess in the National Football League, you're right. All right, what do you no. got for me on the fly? All right, who is your least favorite Eagle of all time? Wow. Ah. How much time we got? Well, what time's this the, place close? You know, I was in the car making up this question, and, you know, it sounds like a good one. <sighs> least favorite Eagle of all time. Oh, there's been a lot for me. Offense, Wait. defense, special teams, whoever, era. Whoever you want to lay out. Mine, you, you heard it on our intro, Kerry Williams. Oh my God, God, he was so I hate terrible. so many Eagles. <laughs> yes, you do. For so many years. Come on. How about from the crowd? Top what five. do we got? Give Top me a few five. seconds here. Top who? For who, for what? Oh, Ricky uh, Waters. I sell Jenkins. Ricky Waters. Chip Kelly. 
Ah, yes, yes. Chip Come gets on, a vote. Come on, Harbaugh. You were on the Super Bowl train at one point with Chip Adelphia and the machine gun offense. Chip Come Adelphia. on. How quickly we forget uh, Fred Mitchell. X? Oh, yeah, Fred X, man. Oh. You know, apparently Fred X, you know, he said that he couldn't pay his taxes because he had too many concussions. And I don't even remember when he was ever concussed in any football no, game. he was concussed in his, his post-game press career, conferences. So. When, he, when he thought he was the best receiver yeah. in football, that's when he was concussed. Yeah, and he had a restaurant, you know, apparently 300 pounds of weed showed up. But eh, it wasn't his. I don't know. Fred X. That woo. happens to me a lot, you know. Yeah, apparently he was a substitute just teacher so, in just Indiana. Just somewhere in you know, and eh, add some other. I don't know. We won't get into that. All right. I'm going to go with uh, somebody who was in our intro for a long time. Who's that? Todd Pinkston. Oh, one of my favorites. Of all time. I hate Todd, Todd Pinkston. Pinkston. You talk about alligator. What was Joe Theismann's line? You talk about alligator arms when he. That shorted. guy was just <laughs> atrocious. Oh, are you kidding me? I hated up. Todd Pinkston. I mean, he wasn't great, but he called some and you know deep who else? balls honestly, over 40 yards. Honestly. Todd Pinkston? Was he better than James Thrash? I know. They were close. Oh, Pinkston and Trash. That was our old intro, right? And Jim? I loved Ugh. I loved hating on him, and I still do. But in 1999, Doug Poopy Peterson was one of the worst <laughs> Eagles to ever put on the uniform. Placeholder for McNabb. I was screaming at the dorm room televisions. Ask Wiz Wade, Delaware in the house. Wiz Wade! We were basically roommates, and uh, I used to just yell at the TV because I, I hated those six. Like, put McNabb in, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like, why are you giving me a retread loser backup <laughs> with that dumb look on his face when we know he's not the quarterback of the future? But oh. Big Red had his plan. Wow. So, Doug Poopy Peterson, stick tap. I hated that guy. All right, shout-outs. Let's do all right, some shout-outs. Shout we got lots of them. Great American Pub, first of all. Gracious host. Thank, Thank you, Great you. American Pub. All right, Michael P. Hamilton yeah, sent us some photos, chef. letting us know what the audio setup would be so we don't have to spend too much time here today. Uh, family, friends, obviously, the email group. Uh, those of you that have received about 100 emails from me now, all being like, please listen, please spread the love. So thank <laughs> you, guys. Uh, literally, we talked about this for years, and uh, obviously, the showing here tonight from our family, our friends, unbelievable. So... It means a lot. I know that you guys are the ones that listen. Sometimes it feels like, you know. We're just talking to ourselves. Yeah, we're just talking to ourselves. <laughs> so it's good occasionally to get comments from everybody, the emails, no the, the tweets, the texts, listen to the podcast. A lot of folks that couldn't be here tonight. Uh, my boy Swollen Nolan out in Hawaii, huge go. listener. Uh, Screech is always tuning in. He's out in Cali. We know there's some peeps here that couldn't be here that, uh, that always check us out. So that's huge. Um, Voiceover work for our intros. My boy, little Richard Bocchini. He's uh, Texas-based, I think, now these days. Used to work with him back in the day. He's a good voiceover guy. In fact, I sent him stuff on Christmas Eve, and he turned it around in time today for our 100th episode, the new, uh, the new intro. So um, our logo designed by Aronda Thompson. She will not be listening ever. <laughs> but I was like, hey, here's the concept. Here's the name of the podcast. She cranked out five or six logos. We chose that one. My boy, Johnny Me to get the sign made today. Uh, those that could not be here, the fallen homies. You know, I know somewhere our boy Bruce Bud would be here. Uh, yeah, Danny Ange. Big fan of the Brotherly Love podcast. Yep, got to have lunch with us that uh, day. It was great. Yeah. Amazing. But, uh, again, you know, anytime I'm like, hey, babe, I got to go to the studio and do a podcast, 10 o'clock at night, whatever, maybe not been home for a week, 10 days, uh, yeah, you know. big shout out to everybody that supports us. Everybody in this room, thank you. 
100% for attending. We really appreciate it. And the continue winnings. the support, because I swear, at some point, we're going to take this to the next level. I don't know when that's going to be. I can't predict that. But at some point, we're going to get there. And thank you, and we love you very much. And Thanks the, for all your support. The Winnicks are big supporters. They couldn't be here tonight. The Twins, I don't know why, but yeah, they, man, they, they, they find you funny, I think. They grandma's house or something like that. It was yeah. so much more important So we know it's the holiday season. Uh, it's great to be here with so many friends and family. Our plan is to get drunk over the next uh, bit here and uh, forget about this podcast. And um, obviously, it's been just awesome to do it live in front of – it's a little nervous, to be honest. I don't usually get nervous being on the air, if you will, as much as I have been. That's because you didn't endeavors. have six bar bombs, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm not nervous I, I'm the one that had to make sure everything went off. I mean, you could have just used your personality. It would have been fine. <laughs> uh, so, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and being here in person. We'll get this posted on iTunes and SoundCloud. Cheers to number one. Philadelphia Eagles in the 100th Eagles episode to the Super Bowl. Dilly, dilly. E. A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We'll get it done. Thank you, guys. We'll fire up some tunes. We'll get on out of here. SoundCloud iTunes. For Johnny Mita, you're my boy. I love you, buddy. Great job. Brotherly Love Podcast. Joe O'Donnell. Till next time, we'll see you.